if you'd like to listen to us live or on the archives, you can call 718-506-9099. That number again is 718-506-9099. And just follow the menu if you want to listen to us live or follow the archives. I would also like to take this moment to remind you that J Radio can definitely use your donations. So the address is J Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is J Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. And if you would like to text in to ask for information how to sponsor or to how to advertise on jvidradio.com. The number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you would also like to suggest a story for me to tell, and you'd like to give over all the information and all the details of it, and uh, or possibly the source for it, you may also text in 347-927-8398, and it will be forwarded to me. Yes. Okay, my turn, Rabbi Herbs. Okay, if anyone is looking to hire Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs for either storytelling, kayak from the Maya, extreme martial arts demo, uh, you know, whether it be for, uh, you know, of a Sabanim program, uh, uh, your, your yeshiva, your banos, your base Yaakov, whatever, your school, a private party or a day camp, a bungalow colony or sleepaway camp. So, of course, the number to call is 718-375-1294. That number again is 718-375-1294. Also, you should be aware, if anybody's interested uh, for information about art lessons, Martial arts lessons, you know, perhaps karate, uh, private karate lessons, Qigong energy lessons, and so on. Uh, you could call also 718-375-1294 for more information. And please be aware that Rabbi Erbs's books are still available in your local forum store, along with many of his CDs and a new one, too. And for those CDs that are not in the stores, you could call Rabbi Yitzhirps at 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy to send you a complete list, either by email or fax. Wow, did I get everything in? I think so. I think we can now start our story. Okay, so are you ready, Yossi, with the story? Yeah, yeah, but, but one thing, right, right before you tell the story, you know, I, I want to ask you something. What? I have a very long story. I know, I know, I know, because we're going <coughs> to, excuse me, we're going to both do the story together, right? Uh, well, if you know the story, we're going to do it together. Why? Well, I was just wondering, you know, um, Rabbi Irvis, can I tell everybody about your latest CD, you know, that it's about to be released? It's a, it's, this one also has two CDs, and it's a double CD. It's a big, long story, right? Can I, can I tell everybody about it? Oh, okay, yeah. See, you can go right ahead and tell about it, but you got to hurry up because I really have a long story to tell tonight. Okay, 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 no problem. Uh, okay, 
Okay, UFO story series. You know the UFO stories. You know, you know, you know the famous one that brought you. I'm innocent. I tell you, you know. Anyways, uh, UFO Studios, together with master storyteller Rabbi Yitzi Herbs. That's you over there, you know. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, UFO story. I, I mean, UFO story series with master storyteller Rabbi Yitzi Herbs. His newest CD is going to be mastered by tomorrow, and that means after it gets mastered, it goes to the places where they make the copies and everything. It's over, and it'll be in the stores probably in about a week or two. Okay, Yossi, Yossi, get to the name already, please. I got a double story to the... I mean, I got a lot of... You mean, yeah, the story is a double CD? Yeah, it's a double CD, but it's a long story tonight. Okay, 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 Doki, no, no problem. The name of the new double CD story by you for story CDs with master storyteller Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs is called Shal HaMelech and the Witch. New and completely revised. One minute. Didn't I come out with something like that about 35 years ago? Yeah, that was 35 years ago, but now new technology. You remember you rewrote the script? Oh, yeah, that's right. I rewrote the script. And you, and you re-recorded the whole thing from scratch, and now it's, that's why it's even longer. And uh, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Okay. Now that we did that. Uh, so remember, it's going to be in stores probably in a week or two, and it's recommended for ages nine and up. Why so young? I mean, wait, why so old, I should say. Because <laughs> if anybody thought the scene where the witch was scary in the good old days, 35 years ago, <laughs> they haven't heard anything yet. Wait till they hear this one. Wow! <laughs> oh, oh, okay, very good. Anyways, okay, now that we got that out of the way, so uh, I could tell the story. Tonight's story is called uh, Only Four Words. <laughs> Yossi, you're only going to say four words? No, no, that's the name of the story. Ah, the name of the story. Yes, that's correct. The name of the story is Only Four Words. Well, anyways, this story took place in the times of a great tzaddik by the name Rab Avigda. But unfortunately, <laughs> when this story was given to me, I didn't have enough time to research what his last name was, but I do know that for a time period, he was the Rav in Prague. And I just didn't get a chance to check out which king was the king of Bohemia, which uh, was, uh, you know, the overall kingdom that covered the area of Prague. So we just... You know, uh, you can still tell the story because, you know... I know, it has great lessons in it. So anyway, so um, this story starts off in, in, in the palace of the king, right? That's right. Okay, so inside the palace of the king, the king was pacing back and forth. Did he wear out his shoes? Yossi, are you going to make your comments or tell part of the story? Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, uh, can I do that too? Can I, like, tell the story and then, then make a comment to myself? Like, for example, can I say... Uh, the king was walking in the palace, uh, uh, and then I could say, Oh, Yossi, did he wear out his shoes? Oh, that kind of sounds funny if I talk to myself. <laughs> then people might think that you have a cell phone or something. Okay, anyways, listen carefully. Let's go uh, further. Anyways, king, you ready? Uh, yes, I am ready. Okay, take it away. Uh, yeah, but don't go too far with it. But you'll see. Oh, sorry, if I, I, I'm either telling or, or, or come here. Yeah, well, I can't do both. No, you can't. Okay. Anyways, uh, Your Majesty? Ah, yes. All right, ministers. I summoned you all here for a very important reason. You know that the treasury is pretty low nowadays. You know that, right? Oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yes. <laughs> and I need to find a way to raise the treasury. 
Otherwise, I can't make my lavish parties. And if I can't make my lavish parties, then you know what that means, yes? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I do. And I certainly do. Yes. That means I won't be able to pay your salaries. And that's not good for the country. We need to raise lots of money. And real fast. Any suggestions? Uh, yeah, I got a suggestion. Uh, uh, why don't we just uh, rob a bank? You're the king, you have an army. Just uh, rob a bank. <laughs> Very interesting idea, but there's only one problem with that. Who owns the banks? Uh, your majesty, the king. And what would I be stealing from myself? Which I have no money? What's the matter with you? Oh, oh, oh yeah, sorry about that. Oh, oh, okay, so what do we do? Uh, That's why I'm asking you. What do you think I have you as ministers and advisors just to take up space and get paid? Not a bad idea, you know. Yeah, we just have that. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Minister of Interior, he spoke up. He was such a Russia. Real bad. Really bad. Uh, how bad was he? Wait a minute, now you're starting to sound like me. Oh, well, you know, pick your choice. You know, you do the narration and I'll do the interrupting. No, 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 I think we should both do the narration and no interrupting. <laughs> if you control yourself, I'll control myself. Uh, 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 that's a challenge, right? Yep, let's go. Anyway, so here we go. So, uh, Interior, you're a rush, remember that. Yeah! Do I sound bad enough? <laughs> yeah, I think you sound, like, really bad, you know? You're a Russia, you know that? Yeah, that's my job. Anyways, I'm the Minister of Interior. Now, Your Majesty, I have a great idea. You know that the Jewish people are very stubborn people. What does this have to do with my treasury? Oh, it has a lot to do with your treasury. You see, Jewish people, if they're put to the choice to give up their Yiddishkeit, their Jewish religion, or not, they would probably stick to it, you understand? Uh, they're very stubborn. They're stiff-necked people, you know. And and uh, I have a great idea for you. All right, I'm listening. I'm all ears. Now you only have two ears. Well, yeah, we just stop that right now. Okay, now go ahead and tell me your idea. Well, Your Majesty, I have a great idea. Put out a a a, a command from the royal command, you know, from a king, you know, a decree, and say that all Jews must convert to our religion. They have to give up their Yiddishkeit. And if they don't want to give up the Yiddishkeit, they have to leave our country. However, when they leave the country, they can't take anything with them. <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is that I should kick out the Jews because I'll expel them because they won't give up their Yiddishkeit, right? Uh, that's right. They won't give up the Yiddishkeit and they won't give up any kite whatsoever. Well, whatever it is. But now the bottom line comes out. If I understand correctly... You're telling me I should expel the Jews, they'll leave their property, they'll leave their money, and I'll take it. Fine. Sounds like a great idea. But there's only one problem. Uh, what's the problem besides you screaming my head off? Listen to me. I want you to understand something. You know, the Jews work here, and they earn money, and they pay taxes. But if they're not here, pretty soon I'll be running out of the money that I took from them, or will take from them, and then... Ah, so you think they, they won't be able to be here to pay taxes? <laughs> I thought of everything. Don't you worry. You see, the Jewish people are smart people, but I'm smart too. Really? Uh, well, yeah. You see, my plan is I got a counter plan for the first plan. Oh, really? You're going to tell me I shouldn't expel them? No, 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 no. You have to expel them. 
All right, so I will expel them. But what about the tax? Ah, your majesty. In about a year or two, you'll have a change of heart. And you'll reinvite the Jewish people back to your country. Get it? Then they'll start business again. They'll make more money again. And then they'll pay taxes again. This way, at least your treasury will be back on its feet. What do you say to that? Is that a great plan or what? <clears throat> Thinking about it, it's a very good plan. I like it very much. All right. Let's get the royal scribe and issue this decree. Now, while this was going on, there was a person by the name of Shmuel Hartsfeld. Shmuel Hartsfeld was the partner of the city of Parag at that time. And being that he was the partner, that means a lot of people came to him for tzedakah. And he earned the right to be the Parnas because he was an extremely wealthy person. He had not just money in Prague, he had businesses in other countries too, you know. And he was very wealthy, but he had a heart of gold. Maybe that's why they called him Hartsfeld. <laughs> I never know. Anyways, so anyways, so Shmuel Hartsfeld was a very special person. He felt for everybody. And one particular day, everybody was lining up there for help. All right, let me see what's going on over here. Let's see. All right. Uh, okay, Levi, uh, who's next in here? Oh, who's next? I'll tell you. The one that's coming in next is the guy that came after the guy that just left. Uh, whatever it is. Could you please send him in? Sure, sure, sure. Excuse me, next. Oh, I was next. I was next. I was next. Meantime, while you're arguing who's next, I'll just slip right by. Oh, just a minute now. That was not nice, what you just did. Please go back on the line. Okay, you were the one that was next. I remember seeing you coming after that other guy, okay? You're the one that's next. So, uh, if you don't mind, uh, you come in now. Tell me what's your problem. My problem is I don't have money for food tonight. I don't have money for breakfast tomorrow. Don't have money for lunch, supper, and I don't have money to be able to marry off my daughter. Is that enough problems that you're able to handle? My heart goes out to you. I remember you used to have a good business, but unfortunately it went downhill. All right, listen, uh, Levy, I want you to give this person a nice summer guilt, you know, that he should be able to have meals for a long while, and also give him enough money that he should be able to make a chasna for his daughter. Okay, next, next. And so, all day long, he was seeing people, or I should say all afternoon long, because in the morning, hours he was taking care of his businesses. But all afternoon long, he was taking care of this person and that person and this person and that person. And then suddenly, there was a royal carriage that pulled up, and out walked a royal soldier, a captain of the guards. Stand aside, please. Stand aside. Step aside, you. Excuse me. Excuse me. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you're pushing over here? You wait your turn. And just because you're dressed in these pajamas, you think you can do whatever you want? I happen to be a captain of the Royal Guard. Would you like me to have you arrested and put into a dungeon? I would like to have you arrested and put into a dungeon. I didn't ask you that. I ask if you want me to put you. That means you, you, you. You, you, you. You want to go into the dungeon? I can arrange it. 
Don't be such a wise guy. Now you listen to me well. Stand aside. What's all the commotion going on there? Levy, you want to see what's happening? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm going to go outside and see what's happening. Oi, wise me. This is not good for the organ. It's not good for what I'm seeing now. Well, what's the problem? You want to tell me? Sure, sure. I'm going to tell you. Oi, she's terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, what's so terrible, terrible, terrible? If you don't tell me, I won't know. Oh, the captain from the Royal Guards is over here. The captain from the Royal Guards? What oy vey. If they're coming here to see me, must be something really bad. Hmm. All right, let him in. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but the captain of the Royal Guard, because uh, <laughs> of the weapons he carries and the soldiers with him, I think he has Kadima. I'll take care of the rest of you pretty soon. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, sir. May I help you? Yes, you may help me. Okay, I have this letter here from the... He wants to try to say Minister of Interior. Psst, Captain of Guard, Minister of Interior. Okay, you'll see things. I have a letter here from the Minister of Interior. It's an official letter. Here. Uh, official letter. Hmm. Let me just open it up and let me see what it is. Okay, now let me just open and fold it. All right. And what exactly does this say? Oy vey is mere. Ay, ay, ay. The Minister of Interior wants to see me. Ay, 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 ay. This is terrible. I don't like that minister. He's a Russia. Hmm. I wonder what he's up to. All right, no, what can I do? I'll just have to be very careful. Are you going to go tomorrow? Uh, he wants to see me tomorrow. I have to go. I have, I have no choice, okay? And sure enough, the next day came, and he went to the Minister of Interior. And the Minister of Interior saw him as he passed down the stone cobble steps or whatever you want to call the roadway or whatever. And it came to the big gate, and it opened up. And he walked down those cobblestones. And after that, he was at the door, and the guards knew he was coming, so they let him in. And the Minister of Interior said, ha, 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 ha. So, Shmuel, you're the interior of the Jewish people, <laughs> like I'm the minister of interior here of the kingdom, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm an interior, but I would... I'm a parnasayim. Yeah, whatever that funny term is. It's not funny to us. I mean, my job is, besides my businesses and everything, I, I help out the Jewish people as much as I can. Now, what can I do for you, and what was your request that you wanted me? <laughs> What's my request? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Go ahead and tell me, please. <laughs> well, besides laughing so much, why don't you just tell me what it is? Well, <laughs> I'm going to give you a heads up because you're the, uh, like, uh, I don't know what you call it, like, uh, you're one of the outstanding people that the Jewish people in Prague look up to. So, uh... I'm going to give you a heads up. All right. A heads up on what? I'm going to give you a heads up that uh, the king uh, made a new decree. Really? And what does it have to do with us? <laughs> has everything to do with you. The king wants you Jewish people to give up your religion. What do you say to that? What? <laughs> How could this be? Uh, I know the king goes through mood swings and everything. I know he can be very mean to us, but, you know, we work and we pay taxes and everything. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, what happens if we don't convert? 
What happens if we don't give up our Yiddishkeit? <laughs> I knew you'd say that. So the object is like this. It's very simple. If you don't give up your Yiddishkeit, then all of you people, all you Jewish people, have to move out of this whole bohemian kingdom. And you'll have to leave all your stuff behind. You can't take your money, you can't take your business, you can't take your riches. <laughs> Everything has to be left behind. So therefore, that will take care of the taxes. <laughs> and that, you know, like we won't have to worry about that for a year or two, and then the king's treasury will be filled. And if you guys want to be so stubborn, so uh, I'm giving you a few days to prepare to start packing. <laughs> oh, one minute. But what about... You know, like, so your money will save you for a year or two, but if we're expelled, I mean, I mean, you know, like, what about the taxes thereafter? <laughs> Don't worry. I thought of everything to make sure that the king thinks of everything. Oh, really, Russia? What was it? Well, <laughs> it just so happens that after two years, you know, when uh, we need more money, <laughs> the king will remove the expulsion order and reinvite you back to his kingdom and then you'll be able to start business again, make money again, and, of course, pay taxes again. I got everything covered. <laughs> okay, so uh, prepare yourselves. That's what I wanted to tell you. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Rasha Shemarusha. Um, 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 you can rest assured that Hashem will take care of everything, including you. Excuse me? Who? What? <laughs> the Rabbeinu uh, he'll take care of you. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Who's the Rabbinus Shalalem? That's the problem. If you knew who he was, you wouldn't be doing this. Oh, well, goodbye. And so by the time, by the time that, that this guy Shmuel Hartsfeld, uh, you know, the time he got back, you know, the time he got back uh, to, 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 the, to the city of Prague, um, 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 there, were, there, there was already posters all over the place and the royal criers screaming and there was screaming all over the place, uh, Hurry! Hurry! In ten days, the Jewish people must convert, give up their Yiddishkeit, or else they must leave the city of Prague, and they must leave everything behind. And the people were panicking. Yeah. Uh, what, how do you do a panic scene? Uh, very simple. You think of something that uh, would make you very upset and nervous, and you'd like to do something, but you can't. So how would you act? That's exactly what everybody did. They were panicking. They were screaming in the streets. And people were trying to calm each other down. And finally, the word reached the Rav, the Alter Rav over there, Rav Avigdor. Rav Avigdor called the meeting. And all the Eden came to the Altener New Shul, the newly rebuilt old shul in Prague. It was big enough to hold all the Eden there that were in the town. And everybody came inside. And they got quiet because they knew their old Rav is an old man and doesn't have a lot of strength, so they all were quiet. Wow, they were quiet? You mean not like me? Uh, not like you. And so they were all very, very quiet. And the Rav started to speak. Listen to me very carefully. If there's a terrible decree against us, Eden, it must mean that we did something wrong. Maybe it's been Odom Lechavailai. Maybe we weren't nice one to another. Maybe that's the problem. But whatever it is, 
maybe some people are doing private affairs that nobody knows about, but it's causing a very bad thing to happen to us. You know that what one person does, everybody else is also responsible. You understand? People cannot live in a boat together and one guy decides he's making a hole in the bottom of his floor. Because if he does that, every room on the boat is affected. Same thing here. Shemera Bhushai. We have to do tshuva. We have to daven and say to heal him every day. Increase our learning. And sure enough, that's what they did. So they increased their davening. They added to Kapitlach Tehillim. And then there were people doing round-the-clock shifts of doing Tehillim. They finished the Sefer Tehillim every single day a couple of times. And people were increasing their learning. And it was a very sad day. But one way it was spiritually uplifting because there was Achtes among the Eden. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, after three days, suddenly, the Rav called everybody together from the Rosh of the Kehila, all the very important people together, and naturally that included Shmuel Hartsville and a couple of others. And the Rav began, This is a terrible, terrible decree. And we all know that the king right now is a very moody Michiganer. He could, in one second, he could decide to send his soldiers and burn down the Gansa city of Prague. Anything is possible with him. One moment he could be nice. One moment he could be like an animal. But it seems to be that there's only one thing that we can do. We have to send a representative to go try to speak to the king and beg him to take away this decree. Tell him it's not good for the country. Tell him. That's what we have to do. Oh, Rabbi, with all the respect, you know, when we come to think about something like this, it's not so posh that you understand. The king, like you said before, he's all these crazy mood swings. So if a guy's going to go, it could be Pekuach Nefesh, you know. Maybe the guy won't even get a chance to say one word. As soon as he opens his mouth, the king will say, grab him, throw him into the dungeon, and that will be it. So uh has to be somebody who's going to volunteer that's not afraid to die. It's not a problem. I volunteer. I am the robe over here. I'm responsible for everybody here. And I must him to be moist and nefesh. I must him to give up my life. And I will go speak to the king. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Hold your horses over there. Jump to conclusions yet. Wait, 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 wait one second. What's the matter? Every second counts. We have to go. They will walk me up to the gates, and from there I'll go myself. Not so fast. You are a rav, you know. If he gets into one of his crazy moods and he decides to sing his dogs after you, you know, especially if they're hungry, that's the end of the rav, you know. Then what are we going to do? Who's going to lead us, you know what I mean? No, 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 you're too important. No, 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 no. You're not going anywhere. Um, I'll go. And all of a sudden, Shmuel Hartsfeld spoke up. Uh, listen to me. With all due respect, uh, I don't think you'll go to the king because you won't last even a minute. You don't know how to talk to a king. What are you talking about? I know how to talk to people. Don't you hear the way I'm talking to you? Yeah, if you spoke to the king, <laughs> that might be the last one you speak to like that. Um, what do you expect us to do? 
I think that I, who have the most experience in proper speaking, should be the one to go. And I must him to go and risk my life for the claw over here. You must him to do that. 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 You would rather do this. But you're also an important person. If something happens to you, then what will happen to the people here? Who's going to be my fondest them? Who is going to support them? Who's going to help the poor? Rav, it seems to be. If we don't succeed in convincing the king to change his mind, you know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. He's going to take your money anyways. And then you won't be able to be my fondness. Okay. All right. I think he's right. Shmuel is right. The best thing is for Shmuel to go. So what's up? I mean, hey, the Heine, everybody. Everybody's mask him. Uh, they show, I mean, you know. And so everybody agreed. But then Shmuel said, But my Rabbi Sai, there are two Tanayim that I have. One Tanayim is like this. <laughs> How should I say it? I'm just going to say it. I would like that everybody here takes upon themselves in the Kehillah that if Chas Shalom, when I get there, the king is in one of his crazy, crazy moves and he decides Chas Shalom to kill me, I would like the Kehillah, no matter what happens to this Kehillah, they should take it upon themselves that they should take care of my family and make sure that they have panosa the same way I made sure everybody else did. Please, I am asking for that condition. And my other condition is like this. I would like, starting from tomorrow, there should be a three-day fast, annulling, of course, breaking the fast at night. For three days, this whole territory should be fasting and davening. So this way, maybe... I will have enough schusim to be able to, to... I know what you're trying to say. To speak to the king and be matzliach. Okay, you got it. We're going to do this. And so, sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So for the next three days, babish three days, the people fasted. They davened. They cried their hearts out. Boy, oh boy. It wasn't so easy for the people during those three days. It wasn't so easy for his family either. Oi, are you sure you have to go? Maybe somebody else can go. We need you here. I'm sorry, but I have to do this. I have to help the Kehila. I have to be my nephesh for the clown. And besides, I seem to be the only one that's capable of speaking properly to the king. And, and you know, like... I, I, I think this is a mission that Hashem wants me to fulfill. I, I, I have to go. Oh, all right. May Hashem be with you. I'm sure he will. I'm very sure. And so, the next day after the three-day fast, he called his wagon driver. Uh, let's see, my wagon driver, which one should I use today? Uh, Shmerel, please come here. Oh, yeah? The... Yes, sir. Uh, 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 what can I do for you? What are you going to do for me? We are going to travel 
to the king. Well, oh, the king. No, no, no. Please, anything but that. I mean, I mean, don't worry. You won't have to go see him. Morning, I will. So then he's going to kill you. Then who's going to pay me for driving you? No, 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 no. With Hashem's help, nobody will get killed. Now come. Come onto the wagon. Let me say goodbye to my wife first. All right. Say goodbye to your wife. But don't make it sound like you're in danger. Okay. I won't tell her that I'm in danger of dying. Okay. And uh, okay. Everything be fine. And so, sure enough, the wagon driver, Schmerl, went to his house and he told his wife, All right. So my boss is telling me that I have to go and drive him somewhere. So the place where I'm going, you should know. It's not a dangerous place. It's really not. It's really not. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to die, chas v'sholom, you know, where I'm going. And because, you know, like, uh, just because I'm going to the king doesn't mean that just because the king can have a mood swing and just because of that he can kill me doesn't mean it's going to happen. So I'm going on a, a safe trip, okay? A safe trip? What's the matter with you? If you Oh, he's paying me. Ah, okay, okay. All right, we'll let it go for now. But no, 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 but what good is getting paid if you're not going to be alive? Oh, uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Don't, don't worry. If Shmuel's not worried, I'm not worried. Oh, don't worry. And so he started driving. And all of a sudden, as they came outside of Prague, suddenly Shmuel said, uh, Listen to me. Um, Shmerel, I want you to make a left turn over here. Uh, but one second, I thought we're going to the palace. Yeah, we're going to go. Eventually, we're going to go to the palace. But right now, we have to go this direction. But that's the direction to, to the Poritz uh, uh, Padalovsky. That's right, and that's where we're going. Uh, he's a very nice guy. I wonder how he got like that. People say he was once very mean, and all of a sudden he became very nice. How is that? Well, I'll tell you the truth. On the way over there to Padalovsky, I'll tell you a short story. I never told it to anybody before because I kept the story to myself. Because when I end this part of the story... You can understand why I kept it to myself, and now is the very first time I'm going to reveal it because you're my wagon driver and you're taking me there. So let me tell you what happened. You see, it was that Poritz Podolovsky is a, was a very wealthy Poritz, very important official. And one day he was going on a hunting trip. Yo, I go now on hunting trip. Okay, now, amen. Are you ready? No, what's taking you so long? Come on, let's go. Uh, sir, but I ask you if you don't mind. You uh, ready to go? I'm ready to go. I'm sitting here such a long time. You know, come on, let's go. All right, we are ready to go. Yeah, we are ready to go. Come, let us go now. And so, sure enough, they got up and they left. And they were pretty far from his mansion and everything. And all of a sudden, uh, get old <laughs> Pazalovsky realized something. Oh, no. I just realized something very strange. Hmm. I forgot. I made big business deal. And my wallet is filled with so much cash. Oh, boy. And maybe when I'm running chasing animal, it'll fall out of my pocket. It's not very good. Hmm. Okay, you men, stay over here. I'm uh, going to take a little walk first and figure out where I want to go hunting. But wait for me here. Oh, uh, yes, sir. We'll wait for you right here. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to wait right here. Okay. Now, let's see. I'll walk over here. I have my wallet with so much money. Where could I put it? Wait. Uh, 
that rock. I got it. I will lift this rock like this. And I will put the money underneath in the wallet. Put on the rock. Okay. Now this is very good. Took care of everything. It's great. All right. So now we'll see now. The rock is covering this. No, but wait, there's other rock over there. And there's a rock over there. So wait a minute. How am I going to know which rock it is? Oh, wait. <laughs> Have shoe polish. <laughs> okay. If to polish my boot in case it gets dirty, I will take some shoe polish here. And I will make a marking on this rock like this. <laughs> Not bad for an artist. <laughs> okay. So when we come back from hunting, I know come here. All right, man, ready to go hunting. All right, what took you so long? Yeah, what took so long? Yeah, not problem. You know, I was just uh, thinking. We go that way. All right, let's go that way. Yeah, let's go that way. And so they started traveling, and they went from one side to the other, and they were doing hunting, and all of a sudden, there was thunder. <laughs> and it started to pour rain. And it was pouring. And then they ran for cover under a tree. Now I know that nowadays everybody... Well, Ramirez, you should be telling this because we didn't know that in my days. All right, no problem. So uh, nowadays everybody knows it's not safe to stand under a tree when there's a thunder and lightning storm. Okay, but they didn't know that so much, you know. <laughs> so, but they went anyways under a tree and they stayed there. And in Baruch Hashem, they were okay and everything. All right, now you can take over from this part? Well, yeah, I think so. Okay, so now what ended up happening was like this. After the storm was over, so you hear what I'm telling you? The storm was over, you understand? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Don't worry, I'm keeping my eye on the road. Don't worry. Well, anyways, so he finished his hunting. He caught a few animals, you know, he was happy. You know, it was a pretty good hunt. And then he said, I'll be back in a minute. And he went to the place where he had the money, or he thought he had the money. Oh, what he mean? He thought he had the money. He put it on the rock and he mocked it with shoe polish. Yes, he did. He mocked it with shoe polish. No question about it. But there's a little problem. What's the little problem? Well, you see, <laughs> it wasn't waterproof polish. Uh-oh. You mean when it started to pour and everything, so the rain washed away the shoe polish? Mm-hmm. Washed away all the shoe polish. Oh, boy. That's terrible. Yeah, it's really terrible. So he couldn't find the money. He didn't know where it was, and he was so upset because he lost tons and tons of money. Wait, I don't know the exact amount. Well, actually, I do. What? What do you mean? Well, I'll tell you soon. What do you mean? How, how do you know what I mean? Well, you know, the pirates, he got back, and he was, like, really very angry. I lost too much money. I'm going crazy from this. Oh, no. <sighs> but I didn't go hunting. I should have turned back to the palace. All right, too late. But it so happens that one day I was coming back from a business trip. You know, I have businesses in other countries, too. So I was coming back from a business trip, and I had to stop to Daven Mencha. So I sat down to da uh, say Ashray, and the rock I picked to sit on started to wobble. It started to wobble? So it was a loose rock. Then you go somewhere else. Yeah, but the only problem is, as soon as I got up, the rock started to roll over. The rock rolled over? Was the rock alive? No, 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 the rock wasn't alive. And just so happens is that the rock was unstable because under it was a big fat wallet. A big, I, I would call it you know, like one of those money belts or something. <laughs> it had a lot of money in it. But then I saw on the front the emblem. I recognized it. I recognized it. 
to be belonging to Padalevsky. So what did you do? I mean, there was so much cash in it, you could have kept it. He would never know. I know that. But I'm a yid. And I do the mitzvah of Hashavah's Avedah. So I just want you to know, what I ended up doing was very simple. I went over, and, you know, what I did was I uh, went and returned it to him. Oh, really? Was he angry? Well, let me tell you what happened. What? A Jew come to see me? <laughs> yes, sir. A Jew comes to see you. And uh, um, I can't tell you that he gave me a gold coin to let him in. <laughs> I was going to chase him away by that. What did you say? Uh, nothing, nothing, sir. Uh, in the perfect of the matter is that um, uh, uh, I, I wasn't going to let him in, uh, but, but he kept insisting he said he's a friend of yours. Friend of mine? Who could it be? He said his name is uh, Shmuel Hartsfeld. Shmuel Hartsfeld? Who is he? I don't know him. But he's a friend of mine? <laughs> Send him in. Let me see what he wants. Okay, Jew, what do you want? Uh, Shalom Aleichem. How are you? How are you? How are you? So uh, let me just bring a couple of things to your attention. It's obvious that you once lost a uh, wallet with a huge sum of money. Yes. How do you know about this? Well, it's very simple. I found it. You found it? You found my wallet? For a second. Let me see that. You probably took out money from there and know you. No, no, no. Chas v'sholem, sir. I just realized when I stopped at Dav Minchin, I slipped on that rock and it moved and I saw this pouch and everything. Uh, it's the rock I marked. But I marked it with shoe polish. It washed away. I'm sorry to hear that, but... Anyways, so I figured that if I'm davening Mincha, I stopped to daven Mincha. Mincha is the hardest tefillah to, you know, mamish to do. He's not the shortest one, but whatever, you wouldn't understand unless you were Jewish. So the bottom line comes out, I just want you to know, that it turned out, as it is, is that um, I realized Hashem gave me the mitzvah of Hashem Zavedah, and that's what I'm doing. Let me count it. We can't believe it. Every penny is there. Not one is missing. You're a very honest person. Yeah. I heard all kinds of crazy things about you people. But obviously, there are exceptions. There are a lot of exceptions. It's the crazy stories that you hear uh, are the exceptions if they are true. But most of them are not. You know that as well as I do. You know that uh, it's just a thing. You know, Ace of Sinis But when we have time, I'll explain that more. Anyways, Zygazund, uh, be well. I'm so happy I'm able to return it make you happy. Wait a second. I want to give you a reward. I want to give you at least 30% of what was in this wallet. Because you could have kept it. It was cash, not banknotes. Pure cash. You could have kept it. You could be rich. You could have dumped my wallet. Who knows where? Nobody would know. But you're very honest. So I want to give you 30% of everything. Oh, no, no, no. Chas I don't want anything. You see, see, the bottom line is, you see, the reason why I don't want anything is because I just want the schar for doing the mitzvah. You are really something special. Now I know why you called me friend. Because I would want to be a friend with somebody like you. Very, very good. All right, listen, tell you what. If you're ever in trouble, you come to me. Yes, and maybe I could help you. What do you say? Well, that, uh, I, 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 I could take up on that offer. In this day and age, you never know. Okay, fine, uh, that, that will do. So that's why you're going there, right? Yes, that's why I'm going there right now. Is it because I have to? Because, you see, uh, he can help me. And so he arrived. And the door was open. They ushered him in. He came all the way up to the front. And when he was all the way up to the front, 
Uh, Pedalowski gave him a hug and he got, ah, my old friend. <laughs> what can I do? Oh, you don't look so happy. What's the matter? And of course, he told him over the whole story. Oh, boy. He don't like you people, you know. That. And he has minister over there of interior. Crazy ideas he gives him all the time. But uh, I don't think I can help you. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't need you exactly to help me this time. I just need you to try to get an appointment to see the king. Oh, very dangerous for you. You want to lose your life? You know, if he's very angry, which lately, because he doesn't have enough money in treasury, very, very angry. I know. I know very well. But I have to do it for my people. So can you please try to get an appointment? All right, I go right away. You stay here, relax. I tell my bottlers over here, my servants take care of you. Okay, enjoy, because I don't know how much longer you'll be able to enjoy yourself. I feel very bad for you, very bad. I'm so, so sorry. Okay, but that's life. Okay, no, no. All right, that's the way it goes. And so he left. And he went to the king. And the king said angrily, No way! There is no way on earth that I will go over and allow a Jew to see me, to try to convince me to break that decree. No way will I do that. Do you understand? All right, all right, all right. Not to get so angry. And so he came back and he met up with the, uh, the Jewish guy. I'm very sorry, Mr. Shmuel, or Reb Shmuel, very, very sorry. It happens to be that I don't know how to tell it to you. I can't do better, but what should I say? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, did you get the meeting? I'm sorry. He not want to see you. Oh, that's terrible. Ay, ay, ay. I gotta see him. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hashem just put an interesting thought in my mind. I'll tell you what. I want you to tell the king... I just want to say four words, and that's it. Four words? Four words? You're going to be able to plead for your people with four words? Yes, 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 I, I have a plan. But what kind of four words? That's it. You see, you're curious. If you tell that to the majesty, the king, he's going to get curious, and he's going to want to see me just to see for the entertainment of what these four words could be. Very interesting. You are a very smart man. Well, you know, people that learn Torah, they can increase their intellectual levels. Anyways, so can you do this? Uh, yes, I go right away. And so he arrived by the king. And the king took one look at him and says, What is the matter with you? Are you trying to kill yourself? You know, it's very interesting. I was about to say something and you override me. I come here. You came here once again to try to tell me to set up a meeting with that Jewish person, right? Yes, but I told you no. You're trying to kill yourself. <laughs> you want me to get me, me, me? I don't want to get you angry. I want to entertain you. Entertain me? How are you going to entertain me? Very simple. See, I tell the Jewish person you don't want to see him. So he says I should go back to you and tell him just four words he wants to tell him, nothing else. Really? <laughs> He's going to try to plead for the people with four words. <laughs> I could use some entertainment. All right, four words. <laughs> Tell him. If he says a fifth word, I cut out his tongue. If he tries to say a sixth word, 
a cut off his head. <laughs> what do you say, funny? Yeah, two, two, two. So I could tell him to come four words. Yeah, four words. I couldn't tell him. Yes, yes. And so Shmuel said a tefillah, and he set out to the king. And everybody, when they saw and heard it was Shmuel, uh, you know, Hartsfeld uh, coming, everybody stood aside, let him in, and they couldn't stop giggling. And the Minister of Interior were there. Your Majesty, you better watch out. Those Jewish people are very smart. He has a trick up his sleeve. Really? And you don't think I'm very smart? He won't be able to trick me. You'll see to that. Uh, how can I see to that? Because you know that I'm smarter than anyone here in this kingdom. Oh, yes, Your Majesty, you are. <laughs> Except for me. What? Uh, nothing. Uh, yeah, 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 but I'm just trying to help you think right. That's all. Help me think right. <laughs> well, oh, look. I hear all the giggling and laughter. It means he's here. And so sure enough, they allowed him to come inside. And the king looked at him, half with a smile, half with a smirk, and a half with anger. You mean that's like one-third and one-third and one-third? Well, I said it half because he didn't really know which way to think. <laughs> he didn't know if he should laugh, shouldn't know if he should get angry or smirk and think, <laughs> what can this guy be up to? So the king said, All right, Jew, speak. Tell me four words. Now you better be careful, because if you say a fifth word, I cut out your tongue. You say a sixth word, off with your head. And Reb Shmuel, he nodded. And then the king said, Now say the four words. And all of a sudden, Rav Shmuel said, Hashem el Yeah? And all of a sudden, Shmuel signaled to his mouth. He wasn't able to talk. What, what, what do those four words mean? And Shmuel signaled with his hands to his mouth. He wasn't allowed to talk. He was only allowed to say four words, and he said it. Anybody here knows what's going on here? What did he say? I don't know. He said, like, What has that got to do with it? I don't know. This Jew is trying to trick you. You better watch out. Wait a minute. You're supposed to be pretty smart. You don't know it. And your majesty, you're supposed to be pretty smart, and you don't know it. Hmm. All right. Even if he's trying to trick me, I gotta know what it is. All right, you. You can tell me. Tell me. And again, Shmuel covered his mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the king said, all right, you can tell me, but you know what? When you tell me this time, um, um, you don't have to worry. I won't cut out your tongue. I, you, you, I take off that, that, that edict against you. You can say as many words as you want to explain it. Just tell me what it mean. And all of a sudden, Shmuel looked at the king and said, it basically means that it says in the, uh, you know, the, in the, you know, there's a thing called Eve in, the, in, the, in that, uh, you know, Tanakh called Eve. Um, Hashem speaks to the Satan. Says, "Vayeme Hashem el Hasatan," and Hashem said to the Satan, "Now, Your Majesty, you know as well as I do that there's nothing worse than the Satan, right? I mean, after all, you are a very learned person. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. There's nothing worse than the Satan, right? Oh, Your Majesty, this Jew is a no goodnik." He's a lowlife. He's this and he's that. And all the ministers started saying all kinds of bad things about Rashmul. And then Rashmul said, uh, Excuse me, but your majesty the king, don't you hold yourself 
like a god to a certain extent, equal to God. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, of course, I'm a very powerful king. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, you know, if the God who created the world, he even gives the Sutton a chance to speak, and he speaks to the Sutton, so your majesty, who would like to be an equal to Hashem, shouldn't you find it uh, in your heart to speak to somebody like me? Um, uh, uh, why? But you're a no goodness. Uh, but I'm not worse than the Sultan. So um, you should speak to me. Wait a minute. He's tricking you. Wait, 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 Your Majesty. Uh, he's such a nice guy. Well, for sure. If I'm now a nice guy, then all the more reason for the king to speak to me. Because Hashem always speaks to nice people. Uh, you stop putting your foot in your mouth. You're said enough already. All right. Explain. All right. Well, you see, I would like you to first understand something. All us Jewish people are not selfish and mean people, like your Minister of Interior has been telling you. Oh, yes, you are. Really? Well, we all know for a fact that I am a very wealthy person. And even if I leave this city of Prague, and you take all my wealth and possessions I have here, I'll still be able to go to other countries where I have businesses running over there. And then... I will be able to live very wealthy and very comfortably over there. So your edict, your decree does not really affect me. But yet, I risked my life to come here because I am a Yid and I'm a Jew and I care for all my fellow Yidin. I care for mankind. I care for a fellow human being because that's what being a Yid is all about. All right. And your point is? My point is, your Minister of Interior is only out for his own honor and his own riches. He figures, when you take away all our riches, then, <laughs> of course, you'll be rich for the moment. And then he thinks that when you go over and chase us out, and then you call us back in two years, he thinks that we're all going to come back. Perhaps wherever we find our home for the next two years will be kinder to us than your Minister of Interior was. And... Uh, you know what will happen then. Aha. Uh -huh. So I wouldn't be getting my tax money. You're right. It's a bad idea. Hmm. I don't listen to him. You understand? He's trying to trick you. He succeeded in tricking you. He's tricking you. Really? I can make my own decisions. Well, I'm making a decision for you. What you got to do is you got to get rid of him and throw him to the dogs because he's tricked you. Really? You're saying that I can't make my own decisions? I thought I'm the smartest person around here. Uh, yeah, besides me. I mean, whoops. Uh-oh. Did I just say that? Ah. So you think you're smarter than me. And you're telling me I shouldn't listen to people that are telling me what to do, huh? Uh, yeah, don't listen to him. He's telling you what to do. And I'm going to take your advice. I'm not going to listen to what you say. Yeah, yeah, but just throw him in the dungeon. Yes, we'll throw him in the dungeon. Uh, guards, take him away. Right, take him away. Wait, wait, what are you guys doing? You're taking me away. Hello, hello. Yeah, you got this all wrong. No, they don't. They're taking you away. You see, you gave me advice not to listen to other people. They tell me what to do. You told me I should throw him in a dungeon, but I'm not listening to you. I'm doing my will. I'm throwing you in the dungeon. And sure enough, the Minister of Interior was thrown in a dungeon. And the king ordered that the decree should be uplifted and ripped up, and the Jews would not be expelled. And then the king was very impressed with Reb Shmuel. All right, Reb Shmuel, listen to me very, very carefully. You have tricked me, and you deserve a punishment. 
But on the other hand, you spoke very well. I'm going to reward you first. I'm going to reward you and make you the rabbi, the official rabbi of this kingdom to be at my beckoning call. Whenever I need you to come here for advice, you shall come. You will have a royal carriage with royal horses and royal messages to take you, a royal horse rider. Whatever it is, you will be at my disposal. Uh, well, I, I see. May, may, may I ask what is the, the, the punishment for you? I mean, for, for me it is. Uh, the punishment for you is... <laughs> well, guess what? Sounds like Hashem spoke to you. From now on, your last name is not Hartsfeld. Your name will now be Reb Shmuel Hasutton. <laughs> and of course, Reb Shmuel Hasfeld wore that name proudly. And who knows, that might have been the start where the Sutton family name came from. But now, let me tell you something about this Shmuel Hasfeld. Because he was Meissen Nefesh, when he really didn't have to, but he did it anyways because of his love for a fellow Yid. He had tremendous Ahavis Israel. Gradually, all his children that he had and his grandchildren all turned out to be big Talmidei Chachomim. And he also was Zeicha to live a long, ripe old age. And one of his great-great-great-great-grandsons turned out to be the very famous Rabbeinu Bala Hassam Seifer. Yep, that's right. The famous Hassam Seifer. Wow, that was a great story that uh, we told. Yeah, well, actually the characters did a lot of it this time by themselves. Well, well I think we have a few short minutes to take some phone calls. Okay, let's do it. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson do you learn from tonight's story? Hello, my name is Shmoli Gottlieb and I learned from the story that if any crime on the, on the whole Jews uh, degree, then, then you should think of what happened. Can I talk to Yossi? Hi, how are you? Hi, Yossi, how old are you? Me? I've been 12 years old for at least 12 years. How is that possible? Ah, the same way a lot of characters are in many other stories. They just never get older. Okay, and also I'd like to say to refer you to Meyer. Thank you. Okay, very good. Thanks. Bye. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? And what lesson do you learn tonight's story? Hello? Yes. What's your name? Yeah, my, name my name is Esti Steiger, and I learned that you should believe in Hashem. Right. You should be nice, and you should have achta. Excellent. Beautiful. That was very good. Thank you very much. Okay. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson do you learn tonight's story? Hello. You're on the air. Okay, I guess you're not, so we'll go to the next caller. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson do you learn tonight's story? Try the yet. <laughs> okay, go right ahead. Tell us. Yeah, hurry up, please. Come yes. on. Uh, yes, I'm going to hurry it up. Go ahead. I only have one lesson, but next week I'll have another one. Okay, what's the lesson? Uh, the lesson is uh, you should never make up such crazy stories. Can I speak to Red Army Choir uh, soloist uh, Ivan Stolyar? I don't know if he's Where still are you? here. He's somewhere. Maybe he's in your backyard. I don't know. Meanwhile, no, he's not. He's right here. I see you. Hi. Hello there. Hello. We got to go to the next phone call. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, nice to hear from you, Masha. Okay. Uh, next phone call. Uh, okay. This might be the last... Yeah, this is probably the last phone call. So, hello, you're on the air. You're the lucky last one to get the last phone call in. So, what's your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. 
Avraham Savitsky. Oh, Avraham Savitsky, yes. And what lesson did he learn tonight? That even when that when you have riches, it's not worth it to be selfish with it, and help. And it's worth it more to help your yidden. Excellent, excellent. I think what you're trying to say is that just because you have riches, you should understand that you have these riches because Hashem wants you to help others. Very good, excellent. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll see you in the neighborhood. Okay, until then, and until next week, everybody have a wonderful Shabbos. Goodbye. Bye.